yes, I'm recording now. But you can still ask questions. He can he can edit this uh, as he's going. My question to you, Sly, was how, what, how we're going to format this. That's all right. We'll figure it out as we go. Um, so I would like to introduce you to my Steve. I want to introduce you to my seatmate, Susan Shulkin. Um, we are seated in seats 34. I'm sorry, 43 and 44 on the bus. We are playing along with your exercise, and we are going to have a great conversation now. So um, I'll pass it to Susan to say hi. Hi, Steve. This is Susan. Okay. Um, my question to Susan is, um, you talked about uh, the community experience on the bus being enlightening and eye-opening. Um, I'm curious, how is it different than what you expected before you came on the pilgrimage? Uh, rather than being different than what I expected on the pilgrimage, I think my point about the 360 experience was that the was that the uh, intergenerational and all those other things that Domkey talks about um, is just different than my experience at home. It's different than what I experienced in my workplace for the most part. Different than what I experience in my social life. And I find it to be really interesting and dynamic to sit with people who are 16 years old, 17, 18, 19 years old, all the way up to people who are 76 years old, uh, talking about the experiences that we're having, the people that we're meeting on this pilgrimage, but also the experiences where we've had in our lives, the relationships we have, the activities we participate in, our family backgrounds, uh, and all that goes with getting to know somebody over a short period of time. Thank you. That's a, uh, that's a great summary of how you think the community building is going. Um, I can try to ask that question in a slightly different way. Before you got on the bus or before you started the community building meetings, what were your expectations of how, uh, how you would get to know people on the bus better or how you would share with people on the bus? Did, did you have any thoughts ahead of time about how that would go? I figured that David Domke and the other two professors would have their way of getting us to get to know each other. And I think that for me, because I don't open up easily, the exercises of starting shallow and then diving deep were helpful. Um, the improv exercises that Simon Tran has organized has helped me feel a little bit loosened up uh, and able to have fun with each other uh, before getting on the bus and having more intense conversations. But I'll just say that in life, I'm not really someone who probes deeply about my feelings or asking other people about their feelings. And so... It has been a challenge for me, and it was something that I was a little concerned about um, before our pilgrimage began, um, even before the community meetings began. I was also concerned about whether I'd be smart enough getting all the readings done and uh, being able to intellectually participate fully. Um, but all, that, all that's been fine. We accept each other. 
with whatever we come to the experience with, and that's been very affirming. This completes the interview of Susan Shulkin. Thank you very much. Hi, Steve. This is Susan Shulkin. I'm sitting here next to Sly Can, Sylvester, Sly Can. And today we're riding on the bus from Tuscaloosa to Birmingham. And I wanted to ask Sly to go into a little bit further his question and answer about the education of children in the cities that we have visited so far. Especially in Montgomery where we stood on the street with Georgette talking about everything from the original slave trade down by the river to um, standing on the street corner in front of the state capitol and wondering what it was like as people observed us. So Sly, take it away. Um, well, I think the thing that has the, the thing that has struck me the most is um, the I, I guess the contrast of us being in this very immersive experience and um, sharing this with the multi-generational multi-gender go through the rest of them with this entire group and everybody being entirely bought into it um, but then I contrast that with just seeing people in their everyday lives in the city that were cities that we're going to um, uh, seeing people drive down the street in Montgomery or um, you know seeing students walking around on campus in Tuscaloosa uh, I, I the, the question I think is um, what does their immer immersive experience look like when do they when do they have the opportunity to um, kind of go all in and and really understand the history of the area that they grew up in um, and and how they can still play a role and particularly we talked a bit about um, students and how this is being taught or explained to, to to students really really young students all the way up um, through high school through college um, but that really does seem like an opportunity to um, do what we can to build a more informed and, and stronger citizenry if we focus on kind of telling these stories and and uh, offering that experience when, uh, when when kids are young but then uh, on the other hand I as I think more about it um, I, I kind of wonder what would, what would what role would kids like really really young kids have in um, in making any sort of change or, or implementing any sort of change uh, you know in, in the history that we're learning kind of in the in the civil rights work it is more of the you know the high school kids and and high school kids and on who really take leadership roles but I think if you start that even earlier if you start that consciousness and awareness even earlier, then uh, it could re it could really be beneficial in those later years. So that that would be my answer. Thank you, Sly. I appreciate that. Do you want to talk for a minute about our brainstorm, our idea of the uh, um, college experience as an exchange program instead of kids going abroad to study in Europe or Africa or Asia? What about students from the north exchanging with students from the south? We had a we had a really great um, brainstorm.
brainstorming session about this idea. Um, and that is not to say that it doesn't already happen. And and both Susan and I have some have some research to do. But but when we talk to the president of American Baptist College, and you know, one of the three things that he has to focus his time on is raising funds. And we know that a lot of these HBCUs are. Um, uh, struggling to keep the doors open, especially the ones with really small student populations. Um, are there ways to um, sort of breathe new life and bring, breathe more energy into these universities? And, and you know, we thought that could be done with um, more partnerships between uh, predominantly white institutions and some of these HBCUs as a way to uh, exchange students. You know, do study abroad and do student exchanges all the time but uh, what if there was intentionality about um, sending students from the UW to American Baptist College or Fisk uh, so they can that can be their opportunity in college to have their own version of a pilgrimage and spend two three two three four months a quarter at one of the HBCUs and be uh, uh, really steeped in the history there and um, you know, really be able to uh, uh, change their outlook and their perspective on, you know, what they're learning and the role they can play in the movement. So, thought it was a fantastic idea. Hopefully, our leaders on this pilgrimage, David, Jason, and Tim, can uh, 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 offer more thinking about this idea. Thank you, Sly. You inspire me. And that's the end of our interview. <laughs>